2: Says just 5% use VR daily and 48% are either unsure or not interested in the metaverse. Lies, I say. It's the Chad and Cheese Podcast, everybody. <laughs> this is your co host, Joel. I weep for the future, Cheeseman. And this is Chad. Who's zooming who? So wash. Oh, yeah. On this week's show, IntelliCare goes unicorn, remote goes triple unicorn. Indeed embraces transparency, and Flippy and Sippy go to White Castle. Let's do this. (laughs) Okay, listener,
1: how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating manual and repetitive tasks, giving meaning to data, then allowing that data to actually drive decisions? And how about matching people to your jobs quicker? Well, wait—the chat and cheese has a new LLM.
2: No, Cheeseman, I'm talking about Text Kernel. Ah, okay, that makes more sense. What I'm hearing is the groundbreaking concept of—wait for it—yeah, simplicity. <laughs> seriously, though, seriously, Text Kernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh my god, really? Nacho references already?
1: Anyways. Uh TextKernel brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. TextKernel seamlessly unifies your tools and data to drive
2: efficiencies and success. TextKernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey. Kind of like adding guac to my barbacoa burrito. Oh my God. How about extracting meaningful insights from data.
1: I mean, that that's something. Swiftly matching yeah. people with jobs, automating repetitive tasks. Who knew such advanced concepts were even possible in the land of human resources?
2: Uh, we did, Chad. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine that.
1: Uh, okay, listener. Get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit techkernel.com. That's t e x t k e r n e l.com. Mmm,
2: nachos. <laughs> What's up, Chad, the prince of Portugal? loving life i'm going to be back in the states
1: this time next week though so uh yeah for for at least for a week and a half or so before we go to belgium which we'll talk about later yeah
2: yeah there's snow in the forecast this weekend in indiana oh, so you'll you'll Jesus. love you'll love coming back home wonderful <laughs> wonderful <laughs> it's it's like you'll never <laughs> have left indiana <laughs> shit no I, for for listeners out there i have to deal with like uh zoom calls with Chad with sunshine, no clouds, sunglasses, and the most relaxed I've ever seen him look. So I hate him more than ever, basically, is what I'm saying. (laughs) hate him more than ever.
1: Okay. Embrace the love. Embrace were, the Portuguese were love. Were you able to
2: see the uh, the national title game for, for bas- college basketball while you were in uh, Portugal? No. The, the cool thing about
1: living here is that uh, I can actually watch like the YouTube versions, which are 15 minutes long because <laughs> they happen like, you know, at midnight or one o'clock my uh-huh. time. So like during NFL season, when we were here, uh, I would get up after uh sunday so the late games uh Uh, and then i would watch all of the all of the games which you don't generally get to do unless you're watching red zone right but i would watch all of them so i actually get to see all the games they're just in their condensed 15 minute versions and uh, yeah, so uh, you know, I'm
2: I'm making uh, lemonade out of those lemons. So you're not going to miss the uh, the Masters and uh, opening day for baseball there in Portugal, is what you're saying?
1: Yes, on the Masters, I'll definitely be enjoying that. But baseball, I have no patience for that game.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Understood. Well, you can cheer on Portugal and the uh, the World Cup. Amen. Let's get to some shout outs because we got a lot to cover cover today. We're going to have some fun with this one. We're going to give a shout out to Innovation, Chad. <laughs> I feel sarcasm. Our space is the center of all things in the universe of innovation. Okay, our favorite innovators, uh, I guess the ladders isn't in this one. They, they might be our favorite. All right, our favorite innovators, Dice and Snagajob are at it again, Chad. Deserving of a press release, Dice now lets employers search candidates by time zone. Whoa, <laughs> time zone. And not to be outdone, job has launched. Two new mind-blowing updates. Number one, direct-to-interview allows candidates to schedule an interview right when they apply to a job, Chad. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. And number two, easy apply lets job seekers (laughs) apply to positions (laughs) using their snag-a-job profile, and who doesn't have one of those, instead of redirecting candidates to an off-site application. What? What? I had to check the dates on these releases, Chad, to make sure they weren't actually from the future. Big shout out to Innovation. I mean, anyone notice this? I feel like i uh, two of our favorite pills. favorite companies. So, Chad, let's let's play a little Who'd You Rather. Yes. All right, we've got Dice's Time Zone Search. <laughs> we've got direct interview <laughs> scheduling. And easy apply with your snag a job profile. Who'd you rather, Chad? Okay, so first off, Dice is dropping press releases every time
1: ArtZeal sneezes. I mean, this is ridiculous. And <laughs> snag a job, they get they invert like the process of how this even happens. Mm-hmm. It's easy apply, then direct to interview. They have shit backwards. So, yep. I, I'd rather snag a job, no question, because this makes a hell of a lot more sense, and it's going to work better for their users. I just hope ArtZeal. Does doesn't catch a cold anytime soon.
2: That's a vote for snag (laughs) a job. Big innovation at snag a job. I'm going to have to go with dice, Chad. (laughs) I mean, time zone search who hasn't been begging for that for over a decade. (laughs) And, and who the hell knows all the time zones anyway? Like (laughs) I know about four and they're all in the U S the other one might be yours because I have to talk to you on the phone and do this podcast. (laughs) Like, who the fuck is searching by time zone? That just blows me away. So, I'm going to go with dice on this one, but let's admit, all the innovation coming out of those companies is damn sexy. That's another game of Mm -hmm. who'd you rather. Do you have a shout out for us?
1: Amen. We've got a shout out to uh, Jobcase for hiring Michael O'Dell as their vice president of channel. You can't get more sexy
2: than michael odell and is, is there an easier choice than michael odell easy peasy lemon squeezy that's a that's a slam dunk for our friends at job case and i'm actually awaiting that swag that uh, odell promised us which is the only reason we gave him a <laughs> shout out anyway <laughs> shout out Whatever. shout out for me from Ben Maykermones, uh, CEO and founder <laughs> at Fama. You know them as the background check company of the future, checking back, uh, checking social media posts. They were in on my mind uh, the other day when we talked about, I think, background checks. I talked about that people were going to start doing checks on who would be posting pro-Putin social media posts. Yeah. So I went to Ben. And I said, Ben, are companies asking for pro-Putin posts? Yeah. Because I thought there would be a ton. But he tempered my enthusiasm, uh, saying, (laughs) quote... An employer would need a business-specific reason to not hire someone because of their support of Putin and the invasion, which he thought that that would be a tough thing oh, to to get that's past. A boo. He, he did. He did, however, that's a boo. Uh, say employer interest was increasing around. Care to take a guess? The Kardashians. I don't know. <laughs> Fake news. Fake oh, news. Jesus. So Ben said, "Quote the more interesting thing that's coming up." as of late, that's peripherally related, is Uh companies asking about disinformation and whether or not their candidates slash employees are promoting disinformation online. I thought that was interesting and a worthwhile comment Mm -hmm. to give Ben Moans
1: a shout out. But yet he can't do the same thing for Putin. Okay, whatever, Ben, a big (laughs) shout out to Amazon, who gets a union in Staten Island. Can you believe this? Not only do you get free ferry rides to Staten Island, you also get a union. I I bet people are going to be moving to Staten Island in hordes now just to be able to work. For
2: Amazon. Oh, Staten Island's beautiful why would you not want to live and relocate <laughs> yes. why did, Portugal or Staten Island I Good don't point. know what you're thinking buddy I don't know <laughs> I don't know what the hell you're thinking shout out to the unions at Amazon I got a shout out for uh our, our European friends sexiest billionaire Elon Musk shout out for me the billionaire now owns roughly nine percent of Twitter helping the stock come out of its slumber and starting rumors that an edit button might finally make a big become a big thing on Twitter now. Chad, speaking of high innovation, uh, yeah, edit buttons at Twitter. Anyway, joking aside, I do think that Elon Musk's uh, interest in Twitter will help with recruiting and. Re- Retention. Twitter has a rep of being a bit stuck in the mud technologically, and this just might change that image. If you're a developer at Twitter, why would you not want to stick around if you were thinking about leaving knowing that Elon might be pulling a lot of the strings from now on? Shout out to Elon Musk and shout out to rec- rec- recruiting and retention efforts at Twitter, which I think will be improving. Elon has 80 million Twitter followers He's going to have some influence. Yeah. Yeah. shout out to megalomaniacs
1: everywhere. (laughs) Doesn't
3: anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills.
1: Just a quick update from our unicorn down segment last week where we talked about work rise. That's right. Secretively shutting down. Specific verticals that went unnamed. Did have no clue why. But this week, the AIM group, once again, they get the scoop. They found the, that the unnamed vertical is construction jobs, which I find interesting because they just started up that vertical not too long ago. Maybe they were looking for some build back better infrastructure money and it didn't come. I don't know. This, this seems
2: more short-term thinking than long-term thinking. Who, who knows? Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. I think they probably ramped up in anticipation yeah. for Build Back Better, and uh-huh. the rug got pulled out from under them. Well, the rug is not being pulled out from our listeners, chat who sign up for free shit. Oh, yes. Because they're getting t-shirts from Emissary, beer from Pillar, and whiskey from our friends at TexKernel. If you mm. like that stuff, mm. if you like it when it's free, then you got to go to chatcheesecom backslash free to get on the list to get free stuff. A chance to get free stuff. So what are you waiting for if you haven't done it? Chadcheese.com backslash free.
1: For the fourth consecutive year, WebAIM evaluated the accessibility of home pages of the top oh one million websites in 96.8. Okay, let's round up. Mm-hmm. 97% of home pages have failures. So listen. To the Stubsy interview that we just did entitled Ignoring the Blind because Mm -hmm. corporate America, baby, you should be looking at this. You should be caring about this. This is a huge segment that you are not just missing from a talent standpoint, but also these people buy shit, guys. You've got to do better accessibility. Go look for Ignoring the Blind on Chad
2: Cheese. Give it a listen. Like my sister says, don't be bitter. Be better, Chad. Be better better. And speaking of better, we got some birthdays to celebrate. Some fans and listeners are celebrating another trip around the sun, Chad. Mm-hmm. I'm talking Sean Godfrey. I'm talking Steven Rothberg, big fan of the show. Now, happy birthday, Steven. Todd Burns, Amy English. Holy shit. Samela Sivella Kiddo. Okay. I got that right. I, I'm sure. I love it. Our our, our, our friend Patrick York <laughs> from okay. Higher Easy. He celebrates a birthday. Don Burke, our favorite Cleveland fan who lives in the South. Go Guardians, Don. They all celebrate a birthday Love it. this uh, this week. And uh, happy birthday to them. Have one on excellent, us.
1: Excellent, excellent. We have events, kids. Don't forget, early May, going to be in Belgium. Late May, going to be in Vegas. Oh, we're going to be in England. We're going to be in Paris. We're going to be all over the place, kids. Mm-hmm. Go to chadcheese.com. Click on events, upper right-hand corner. Find out where we're going to be and come see us. If you're in Europe, you got to be in Belgium. You got to be at Wreckfest. You got to be in Paris, for God's sakes. If you're in the U.S., we're going to go to New Orleans this year, Joel. We're going to go to Nashville. We're going to go to Vegas. We're going to be all over the place. Check it out. ChadCheese.com. Click on events. Get there. Register. Come to the event.
2: Buy us a beer or two. In short, go to chadcheese.com and give us your information and check out out shit that we're doing. All right, Chad. I'm going to play the news intro. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. And I'm going to try to mix it with the pink unicorn. Here we go. Ready? Okay. Uh, All right. All right. All right. All right, we got a remote block here everybody uh get ready okay san francisco based remote founded in 2019 announced a 300 million series c funding round this just 8 months after the company announced a 150 million series b round remote's platform enables companies to hire globally and pay workers in their preferred currency the round values remote at 3 billion dollars that's a triple unicorn Chad SoftBank Vision Fund 2 led the round with participation from existing investors, including Excel, Sequoia, Index Ventures, and others. The company said it has it has seen 13-fold growth in ARR in the past year and a 900% increase in employees. Wow. With the additional funding, Remote will be able to build more products, including contractor and global payroll platforms. The company employs around 1,500 people, according to LinkedIn. Chad, what are your thoughts on remote becoming triple unicorn
1: dude this platform was created in 2019 so now we know who actually has the flux capacitor we know (laughs) who is going back to the into the future so luck and timing are two variables that are quite intertwined and remote have both in spades it's it's amazing they, they just received 150 million in july of last year most segments most categories in this you know in this space i'd be asking why in the hell would mm-hmm. they be taking so much funding but this category it's not one of them kids remote has the opportunity in this category that stands on its own to capture global domination if it has enough cash to accomplish that feat. It needs the cash, right? Mm -hmm. Why do they need the cash? Because even though their organic growth is fast, it's not enough to fund this type of growth. They need to dominate. They need Mm -hmm. more cash. And again, this is a category that existed before COVID but it wasn't one that could stand alone. Now, remote will not only stand on its own as a category, it will flourish because no other platform will want to take it on. What do you
2: think? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're going to need a bigger boat uh, just to cite another uh, old movie you cited, Back to the Future. (laughs) Dude, talk about good timing and frankly, a great name and brand remote.com, are you yeah. kidding me? As the world's going remote, that's your your brand, that's pretty good, pretty good deal. So you you mentioned fall in 2019, a year later the pandemic hits, everyone's working from home, companies are scrambling trying to figure out how are we going to manage this? What the hell are we going to do? How are we going to manage all the uh, all the government regulations in all these countries and uh, like you couldn't have timed it any better. No. Uh, I mean, what What company is not going to take a sales call from someone at remote? (laughs) They're not, right? I mean, the inbound sales traffic for this company is probably off the chain. It would make uh, old monster employees back in the day probably jealous for inbound uh, sales calls. The only question now is really uh, that they have the money, the brand, and the timing is who's going to be Pepsi to their coke uh is it oyster is it deal is it lattice is it eightfold i don't know but it'll be a hell of a lot of fun to watch half a billion dollars buys a hell of a lot of beer chad and remote is in a really good position to own this bitch on a global scale and damn i mean there's not much else i can say about that they are they're in the pole position and they've got laps and laps on the competition
1: Yes, it is amazing. And and one of our friends has been on the show, D. Coakley from Boundless. Mm-hmm. As I'd said, I think I said a couple of podcasts ago, I almost can guarantee you they get funding in a big way sometime soon. And and I don't have the flux capacitor. I just see the trends.
2: You know who needs the flux capacitor? Let's go back to snag a job and dice oh, for <laughs> innovation. Okay, man, this nice. one this one was really funny to me. Who is Zoom and who, Chad, is the question. Mm. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. More remo- more from the world of remote. This is from Bloomberg with a story entitled "Employees are returning to the office just to sit on Zoom calls." Mm-hmm. Those at companies pushing for in-person work are asking. What's the point if we're still meeting online? Uh, One back to the office employee said it doesn't make sense to force people into an office, especially if they're working with colleagues in other geographic locations. Management is in another city, so it will always be a Zoom call with my manager. You're trying to talk and you've got five or six people around you talking as well. It's a horrible experience. Chad, this seems like an unintended consequence of sending people back to the office. Stupid is as stupid does. What are your thoughts on Zooming alone from the office? I got nothing. I mean, seriously, companies are not thinking any
1: of this through. All they're focusing on is control. They try to press everybody back into the office, uh, even though they've been doing the job from home and they've been mm-hmm. getting, uh, obviously they've been getting getting work done. Uh, this is all about control and the ramifications are going to be, very simply, motherfuckers are going to leave.
2: Yeah, instead of the open office, this will just be an office of offices and conference rooms <laughs> because everyone's going to have to have their own office to do, to do Zoom calls. You're going to hear echoes of other people. I Part of the story was like two people on the same call on different computers yeah. in the same room. Yeah, people didn't think this shit through. Obviously, no. uh, just come back to the office wasn't really thought through. As we go to a more remote remote workforce, so yeah, yes. I got nothing. This was this was a funny article because I hadn't thought about it. Uh, unintended consequences, but a consequence nonetheless. And yes. uh, companies are going to have to figure shit out.
1: Well, one consequence that's not funny, and this is a great article in Forbes, yeah. is remote works impact on communities. Uh, Remote work is changing where we work and where innovation happens, but there's a larger conversation that I believe is being overlooked. The long-term impact on our cities and communities. We used to believe that where we worked decided where we lived. Mm -hmm. That spurred a network effect that gave cities a compounding advantage. Cities attracted talent, which gave companies more reason to move to those cities and more talent to go there. Places such as New York, LA, and Silicon Valley became meccas for top tier talent and the companies that employed them. As a result, we ended up with a concentrated body of talent and funding. However, we're seeing a shift due to the rise of remote work over the past year as an example about 80 percent of venture capital was invested outside of the valley which is a massive shift Mm -hmm. organizations like facebook salesforce and dropbox are going remote and or hybrid at least part of the time but by 2025 roughly 36 million americans are expected to work remotely an eighty-seven percent increase from pre-pandemic times, according to the report by Upwork. How will this
2: reshape
1: our communities?
2: And he, he didn't even mention uh, that the oligarchs can't just buy up all the real estate in New York anymore. That's going to be a real, yeah. a real problem. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>, good point. <laughs> no doubt. I mean, no doubt. And we, we've talked about this for the last two years. How are cities going to evolve to be centers of? Arts and creativity and and more restaurants and how do you hybrid an office with a living space? And I mean, all of this stuff is going to evolve in really interesting ways. I think that we're we a lot of people were saying New York is dead. San Francisco is dead. New York in particular, I think, is coming back stronger than ever. The humorous thing is you you get people like your boy G.J. Saul who makes statements like, well, you can come back to the office cause you're obviously coming back to Manhattan to go to dinner and go to a play and go to a movie. Yeah. So not quite the same, totally different, but, yeah. but the, but the, but the environment of New York is much more about an entertainment Mecca. It's about, it's just, you know, similar to, to Vegas in our lifetimes. Right. Right. Vegas used to be like shitty, shitty hotels where you could gamble. And that was, that was the incentive as you could gamble online, you could gamble in other States, well, Vegas is now a, a show, a showcase, a convention center destination. It's food. It's all that stuff to get you to come back to to Vegas. And I think, in a bigger way, these these big cities that used to rely on corporate commercial real estate and and employees coming in to to keep things uh, prosperous are going to have to rethink what is a city what is our city and what are we going to have to do? I think there is going to have to be a lot more living space Mm -hmm. um, in cities, a lot more affordable living space and people are going to work, but they're going to work in their residence and they're going to go outside and go to restaurants and everything else. I think it'll probably be skew a younger uh, demographic in cities where it hasn't been before. I think, you know, people with kids and dogs and shit like that are going to probably gravitate towards the suburbs. The guy in the article said that he lived in Tampa Bay and he's got a tech company, I think. And his thing was like, well, I just want to live in Tampa Bay. If I can live anywhere in the world and do what I do, I'm going to live where I want to live. So companies yeah. or cities, cities and states are going to be in a competition to get that that brain power and those mm-hmm. those folks in cities where they haven't been before. I think it's yeah. pretty exciting on a lot of different levels. Uh, but but we're seeing what we've talked about for over a, two years. I think come to fruition and started to formulate into what I think we kind of predicted it would. Yeah. Well, cities are expensive, so this could
1: start to bring equilibrium to some Mm -hmm. extent, right? The country is divided. We've got blue on the coasts, red in the middle. This could prospectively start to blend that, right? We could prospectively start to see purple, pay for work, not by the location, right? Mm -hmm. That's, that's a huge shift we've been talking about that I would love to start seeing happen. It's about the work that you do, not where you live.
2: Yeah. You know, I think Indianapolis where we live is a microcosm of what's going on. Uh, The, the more, the most prominent mall downtown basically is, is not going to be a mall anymore. It's going to be a living center with residents and arts and restaurants. And that's, that's going to be happening on a mass scale in cities all around, all around the world. And I think it's, it's generally good. I mean, instead of instead of cities being like oh places where nine to five happens and then everyone just leaves, they're going to be vibrant 24/7 places uh, where people can walk and and in my case scooter to where uh, where they want to go and do what they want to do so I think ultimately it's it's a great thing for cities, particularly Midwest smaller cities that just are centers for commerce and then people go home people will stick around mm-hmm And speaking of sticking around, we got unicorns sticking around on this podcast, Chad. All right, let's move. Let's move from remote to health care, which we probably don't talk enough about on the show. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a, a trending topic in the year to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, IntelliCare, a Quincy, Massachusetts headquartered talent platform providing per diem nurses announced a $115 million Series C funding round this week. The round values IntelliCare at $1.1 $1. In $1. $1. billion. The billion, billion. Dollars. Founded in 2016, IntelliCare has over 30,000 nursing professionals working at over 1,600 facilities across the country. Their website says, quote, find the shifts that fit your life. Work as often as you want and create a nursing career that doesn't make you choose between your paycheck and your personal life, end quote. What a concept, Chad. What a concept.
1: So this is pretty amazing. 30,000 nursing professionals working with IntelliCare at over 1,600 facilities across the the country. The messaging is awesome. Find a better nurse life balance. (laughs) (laughs) remember that and then then also remember the the old really good monster your calling is calling slogan well listen to this one i do your calling is now your call again they're playing off the flexibility playing off the flexibility here so (laughs) all of the hard to fill positions that we're seeing are having to be more creative and flexible. Way out of the controlling culture conversation. DJ Soul over at Goldman Sachs would have a fucking coronary if he had to implement this type of flexibility. In this case, you don't have to work a specific set of hours or... You can work a specific set of hours and look for mm-hmm. some added times to pick up, you know, facilities near you or maybe take an extended vacation, say three months in Florida yeah. and pick up shifts while you semi vacay. Mm-hmm. If you're in this space, if you're in the job space, the career space, check this app out, because I think this is actually the future of how many of these positions are placed.
2: Yeah. You know, healthcare and Nursing in particular were already in a serious crunch, and COVID accelerated, I think, the problem of the talent crunch, but also stressed out a hell of a lot of nurses. And we've also seen the gig economy come into play where people work. You know, where they want to work, when they want to work, how they want to work. Uh, Just ask our our new friend Brie Olson uh, in last week's episode what's going on. (laughs) And it's been hard because you can't really work from home and be a nurse. Like you kind of have to be there to take blood and take temperatures and blood pressure and all that stuff. So, how do you mix the best of the gig economy, but also? Have a job in healthcare, and I think I think in telecare, and I think like Nomad Health, which we've talked about um, as well in the show, are putting more power in the hands of nurses as well as other professionals, and hopefully bringing more of them into the workplace. Uh, I think it's a great recruiting tool for nursing to be able to have this flexibility. I also think it's going to be really interesting to see how many nurses that don't nurse come back to nursing. I want to say that it's like one in only one in four people that have a nursing degree are actually nurses. So if this can like lure uh nurses or degree nurses back into the profession, I think it could bring in retirees that would like to still work but don't want to do it, you know, as much as as they typically would. I know my wife's uh, mother is a former nurse and I think she'd like the opportunity to maybe like once or twice a week, come in and, and do some nursing shit. Oh, yeah. So I think this brings in the best of the gig economy, but also uh, keeps you in healthcare and helping people. And and, and and I think that's a great thing. And this is a trend that I think that we'll continue to see and, in, and in, in telecare and others like nomad health um, are going to be very successful and probably are deserving of their unicorn status. All right, Chad, let's take a break from remote work and healthcare To talk about one of our favorite companies, Indeed.
1: (laughs) Human resources is supposed to be about humans. I mean, it's right there in the name. But when your hiring team is more like an assembly line glued to their computers, manually posting heaps of jobs everywhere they can think of, that human part feels nowhere to be found. This is a new era. Pando IQ takes the mind-numbing copy-pasting and nerve-wracking guesswork out of the job posting process. When you plan a hiring campaign with PandoIQ, you tell us who you need. Then, before you ever spend a cent, we predict what it will cost to find them. Pando IQ chooses the ideal recruiting sites from thousands of options, targeting the ones your next great hire frequently visits, then fires off your ads at precisely calculated times, surfacing the most relevant applicants for you to pick from. Now you're free to get to know the best talent, build great teams, and take care of your humans. PandoIQ will do the rest. So you can get back to doing what the computers can't. For more information on Pando IQ, go to pandologic.com. That's pandologic.com.
2: All right, let's talk about Indeed, Chad. Okay, uh, who, who haven't we talked about LinkedIn? Have we talked about them on the show yet? <laughs> ZipRecruiter, I just said it, so we'll we'll be, we'll show up in SEO. All right, Indeed wants a salary range on your job postings, or else. Yep, an Indeed client and fan of the show recently shared an email with us. I won't read the whole thing, but here's the gist. Quote: By the end of 2022. We, being Indeed, strive to show a salary for every job on Indeed in the U.S. This is one of the most frequent pieces of feedback we receive from job seekers, and more and more states are requiring salary ranges to be disclosed at different points in the job process. Yep. Indeed goes on to say, 34% of employers currently provide salary ranges to Indeed, adding, quote, in cases where jobs do not have an employer-provided salary, Indeed will estimate the job salary based <laughs> on data points like job title location and reported salaries. Chad, did you and Indeed just become best friends? Yup. Yeah, you're not going to believe it, right? I believe Indeed is spot
1: on with this move and in a world where it's still incredibly hard to attract candidates. Let alone get them to complete the online application. Remember, more than 90% of candidates are not even completing the application. Remember that? A- yep. Anyways, anyways, I cannot understand why talent acquisition hasn't just accepted the salary transparency because it's not mm-hmm. just necessary it's the new standard. And this move by Indeed is saying, we're moving you out of the Jurassic, where you, whether you like it or not. And I am a big fan of this move by Indeed.
2: You've never heard that on this podcast before. Doesn't anyone Chad in bills. love with Indeed. I never thought I'd see the day. Not much to add. What's curious to me, uh, governments are requiring it more and more. We've talked about New York City. We've talked about Colorado. Like this is going to happen. Yes. However, a lot of governments will never do this, right? Texas and and Florida. I don't see them ever requiring uh, salary ranges on job postings. What I want to see is who comes out with a marketing campaign saying, "quote." We don't require salary ranges. We are the anti-Indeed. Because you know, Chad, there are a lot of marketing meetings happening right now talking about that very strategy. Who's going to be the anti-Indeed? Step up and let's see it and we'll talk about it on the show. We'll make fun of you on the show, just like we do everybody else. (laughs) Can we applaud Indeed? Holy shit. Yes. Let's talk about Google for a second. This is from Bloomberg, Chad. Starting this week, workers at Google are required to come into company headquarters three times a week. But according to Laszlo Bach, former chief of Google Human Resources and current CEO of HUMA? Humu mm. H-U-M-U. Ooh. I don't know. This hybrid model won't be around much longer. Box says that after three to five years of flexible work <laughs> models and hybrid plans, the normal in-office schedule will prevail at Google. Get your ass back in the office. He predicts this transition will happen over the next few years, telling Bloomberg it's the boil the frog method. Box says he thinks workers will likely begin to want to come into the office themselves when they see bosses giving more promotions and opportunities to staff who are in the building over those slackers who want to work from home. The new power dynamic will likely force reluctant employees to get back to the office when trying to gain favor with their supervisors. Speaking of boiling, Chad, I'm guessing this one gets your blood a little hotter. Am I right? It's amazing
1: how... Companies you know are either forcing the issue, like, again, Goldman Sachs, or you've got DJ Sol or, or Jamie Dimon, right? And then you have companies like Google who are, as Laszlo says, they're boiling the frog or boiling the employee. <laughs> so they are incredibly tone deaf and they don't give a fuck about what their employees say or care about what they, what they want. I have a LinkedIn poll. I know. You know, I hate LinkedIn polls. You've got
2: a poll. Everybody's got a poll on LinkedIn. Oh, yeah. You've got a LinkedIn
1: poll. This is actually <laughs> Liz Ryan's poll she posted, which is relevant to this discussion. Here's the statement and question. Mm-hmm. Many employers are allowing employees to work from anywhere, but other firms are ordering employees back to the office. Will it hurt them? So at the mm-hmm. time I captured the poll, it had... 23,363 votes and 80% voted yes, good employees won't stay, Mm -hmm. 16%, it won't hurt them, and 3% was other, please comment – and there was over 400 comments. This is a tone deaf moment for most of these organizations where mm-hmm. one, one or two one or two things they are either being tone deaf where they really think that, you know, well, we really need them back in or they just don't give a shit. I think it's probably the latter for the most cases, but yep. I, I agree with Laszlo. This is a boiling within the next three to five years. Some companies, many companies could be back to the grind in the office
2: yep so for those who aren't familiar the boiling the frog uh is if you if you if you you can cook a frog one degree higher at a time and they won't even notice that they're being cooked but if you throw a frog into a pot of boiling water they're going to jump out so this sort of slow methodical evil if you will strategy by employers to uh one day have people wake up and go oh shit we're back in the office five days a week is i guess the end goal the only shock that I have about the LinkedIn LinkedIn poll is that it was only eighty percent of people who think this strategy would hurt uh, employers. Who are the people that don't think this is going to hurt employers anyway? Yeah. There's a theme on our show, Chad. This shit's going to be messy. There will be unintended consequences. There will be personal preferences. There will be cats and dogs living together. (laughs) There will be mass hysteria. I do, however, believe there's a lot of legitimacy saying those in the office will see greater upward mobility and pay in their careers, which could eventually bring things closer to the way they were than closer to what we think it will be or what it should be. I think the natural human condition of raises and upward mobility tends to lend itself to being face-to-face. I don't know how you get past that. So I do think there is some legitimacy. And if you want to move up... Court cases, that's how you're going to see it. Court cases, yeah. That could solve it. That could solve mm-hmm. it. Well, let's move on from that into some oh food.
1: Oh, i chip away. my life.
2: Uh, it's about lunchtime here in the U.S. and I'm getting kind of hungry. <laughs> anyway, this is from the Business Insider, an executive at American Franchise Capital... Which owns 67 Taco Bell and 50 Applebee's restaurants said in a leaked email that rising gas prices would mean more applicants and the opportunity to offer them lower wages. Wayne Pankrats, what a appropriate name for this. Pank who serves as the Executive Director of Operations of American Franchise Capital, also known as AFC Brands, wrote, quote, Most of our employee base and potential employee base live paycheck to paycheck. Any increase in gas prices cuts into their disposable income. As inflation continues to climb and gas prices continue to go up, that means more hours employees will need to work to maintain their current level of living. End quote. This led to the parent company disavowing his comments and employees, quitting or walking out, causing a temporary closure in some stores. Thankfully, I can still go to Taco Bell, Chad, knowing this was just a rogue element. Just kidding. I'm (laughs) going to eat more Chipotle. Chad, what are your thoughts on this knucklehead Mr. Wayne Pankrats,
1: yeah, disavowing uh, Wayne Pankrats, who's an executive, right? It's not like there was a fry cook and a fry cook posted something (laughs) on Twitter, and they're like, "Yeah, we don't believe that." This guy is an executive, you know. They all are thinking what that dumbass is saying. And and when was the last time we got a fucking stimulus check? I mean, come on. So he's a massive piece of shit, right? And I bet this (laughs) this this asshole didn't take a pay cut himself. How many fast food joints do we know are in one square mile, right? It might help America's cholesterol waste – and need for fast food workers. If we had your less, tongue. this is what makes middle and low wage earners purely despise executives. The utter disregard for human
2: well-being. How many of these power structure executives would love for shit to go back to the way it was? Like, there's such a clinging on to like the the past is coming this back. Whole <laughs> is, right? Right,
1: yeah. This whole show. I don't think it is right. This whole show.
2: So the old adage, which you said is everyone's thinking it, this guy just said yeah. it, um, or, or worse, maybe he wrote it, right, which uh, left a paper trail. Where he's wrong in this, and I think he should talk to our friend Briolson again uh, from last week's show, <laughs> is people have way more alternatives today to make money, hello gig economy, uh, than we've ever had. So whittling it down to, quote, oh... No more STEMIs and higher gas prices uh, are instantly going to bring workers back is probably wrong. So instead of hoping for external forces to bring things back to normal, why don't you get your own house in order and make your own your own house something that employees want to come uh, come work for and stick around, or just invest in some robots, which we'll cover <laughs> right after the break, Chad.
0: and wasted spending. And hello to optimized automated campaigns that produce qualified applicants. At Acquire ROI, we make job advertising easy. Visit us at acquireroi.com and start transforming your talent acquisition today.
2: More food, Chad. More food. All right. Wow. Well, if you're waiting to see which burger chain was going to bring Flippy in to make your food, well, wait no longer. It's White Castle. Actually seeing a robot put together parts of your meal might have seemed like a distant dream, which I typically dream quite a lot about. But guess what, everyone? It's actually happening. White Castle is rolling out a new fleet of 100 Flippies. Flippy twos, to be exact, because Flippy one had some issues, Chad. (laughs) Gradually within the next few years, and these robots are specifically dedicated to the deep fryer station. I'm talking all your favorites. Fries, chicken rings, chicken wings, uh, fish patties, all the good stuff. If part of your lunch is taking a bath in oil before it gets to you, those 100 Flippy units We'll be doing it all the time, all your cooking. Right now, there's only one Flippy model that's in live production at any of White Castle's brick-and-mortar locations, which happens to be in beautiful Merrillville, Indiana, Chad, just outside of White Castle's home base of Chicago. But make no mistake about it, Chad. Our robot overlords are coming, and they're bringing sliders, onion rings, and shrimp nibblers. And I, for one... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Can't be more excited about that, yeah.
1: So what I said in the in the prior segments obviously is never going to happen. we're We're never going to have less fast food, right? America uh, loves its cholesterol and its uh, ever growing stretchy gene problem. <laughs> so that being said, we don't have enough talent to be able to to pick up. And not to mention, Flippy is probably not going to overcook your fries like you will get at a Burger King (laughs) or a McDonald's Mm -hmm. where, you know, the the teenager is busy uh, looking at their Facebook or or their Insta or whatever it might be. So, you know, this move, part of your prediction, by the end of this year, there's going to be a restaurant that is 100%, you know, back, the back office, I Mm -hmm. guess you can say, uh, is going to be robot. And I don't see why not. They're shitty fucking jobs. They're low paid jobs. Yep. You got to work with assholes like Wayne Pancrats for God's sakes. Stop it. Get some robots in there and let's get these kids trained up in programming and shit that they are
2: going to need to do long term. And no more scrotums in the ice cream maker, Chad. That's what I'm talking about. Sounds like something you did. I can neither confirm nor deny that claim. We out. We out.
3: Thank you for listening to what's it called?